0: what I mean, can't be stopped. No killing what can't be There's Something made. up way,
1: <laughs> now to the task at hand.
0: Hopped off the passenger side of my lap. Under my nest was 200 rats.
1: I know that you wish to speak about your sports games incessantly, but I am here for a different purpose.
2: Welcome to the Sports Antelope, episode number 175, Ursinus College. I'm your host, Danny Belts. What's Ursinus College? Where is Ursinus College? Why does it sound like Uranus College? Probably not far from it. What happened at Ursinus? Oh, now we're getting warm. And why does that matter to anything? Well, like all stupid stories on this show, we try to put it to something. Spoiler alert, because guess what? Graham Mertz is going to have to understand... That the world needs Florida to beat Georgia, but not because we want to win some money. It's because we want to restore order and the insanity that is college football. These Georgia fans running around, I'll save that. But it's going to fall on Merch's shoulders, spoiler alert. But I'll tell you why and how I think that's important. The young Vulcan comes on to talk about the Green Bay Phoenix, Josh Moon, Sundance Wicks, and the World Series to come. Great bit. The drunk neighbor comes on, starts off kind of calm, then gets funnier. The climax ending is hysterical. It's the TPNF. You know, the Peter North face. It's incredible. You're going to love that. Bro Exotic comes on six in a row. The woke equation is rolling. This man has not lost since Labor Day or Sinus College. Oh, yes. Just, I mean, just really have to red carpet this one as we get into Florida, Georgia, and the other games. 32-27-1 is the sports antidote. Uh, we took a beating last week, as the Sunday sickness would indicate. But that's okay, because we are, oh, it wasn't that bad. We had some wins, but we just had a ton of losses. Wow, and they were, and they added up, and they sucked. So we're gonna try to get out of that. Oh, lovely hotel I'm in right now. You're probably gonna hear some noises. I have some loud neighbors, which actually works out well for me, because now I can explore the studio space as well, uh, with my ability to be loud, which actually may be my greatest and finest asset, just being loud, and that is how you win an argument. I don't care what anyone says. Just interrupt, yell louder, be rude, and you win. Everybody knows this. I hate to start off the show on a slightly morbid note, but people have been asking, as there's a lot of people listening to this show that are a few people at least that went to school with the man in high school, but some other people that have met him, along, met him along the walk that still listen to this show somehow. And no, he's only been on once this football season. Uncle Public's been in through the ringer, and he is going to go back to Africa tomorrow to visit his father, a man that I've met several times. Uh, and unfortunately, this is going to be. It looks like the end of his time uh in this world. And it's always a difficult thing to deal with. But being as where well, he's one of my brothers and he is a brother of this podcast, of course we are gonna just wish him the best and this is a very, very difficult situation. I really feel for him. I've spent time in this man's house. I know his father. And this is uh this is why he's been away and it looks like he's he's gonna get out there and and be with his family and that's, and that's a great thing. So we wish the best for him and, and hopefully he can get back when he's ready to come on. If he is, then, then we will have him on. Love to have him back on but clearly this being way more important than uh, you know getting on a show with me in my mother's basement. Which today is actually in a hotel. So I feel like it's a, it's a big step up. Or sinus – college what 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 is that well if you 're going to understand or sinus college you 're going to have to understand my high school that I went to now, many people understand this, but we have a lot of lo- new listeners, so i 'm going to go ahead and do this really quick. I went to an eclectic boarding school in the northeast i 'd say about fifty miles outside of Philadelphia in exton, Pennsylvania called the Church Farm School, or now I believe the school at church farm i don 't know i don 't know anyone there anymore. Uh, my baseball coach was the a d for a while we have twenty some years after I left. He listens to the show great dude. And I just have no ties to the school anymore as they've gone in a direction that I I really can't really align with anyway. Not so much politically, but more or less cuckingly, because that's what that school is now. It's a cuck factory. Sorry, somebody had to say, and I'm right. Kids from all over the world went to this school. I mean, really just South Korea. Uh, We did have a strong Ghanaian out there, a good connect out there. I believe that's still pretty strong with the school and then a good representation of – Kids from Pennsylvania and then the inner cities, particularly New York, all the boroughs. Uh, Brooklyn was heavy when I was there. Philadelphia, of course, Baltimore, and where Uncle Public is from, Washington, D.C. And then there's some other areas in there, but that primarily would be uh, most of the <clears throat> kids coming to the school are right there at 95 North, 95 South, up and down that interstate, all right there. Going to this school, an all boys boarding school, which was just insane. And on the weekends, well, it was every man for himself. You see, this school is more of a work release. I wouldn't really call it a boarding – a pre, or what is it? A reform school? No, it's nothing like that. It's just a prep school where you wear ties and coats and all this. And you have one kid over here that's going to Harvard. You have one kid over here going to Attica, okay? And then you have complete F-ups like me somewhere in the middle. I have no idea. Just a really unbelievable school where you really had to get your bearings right and learned a lot about life just to learn that you didn't know – Anything, so that kind of leads us to our sinus. So we're all in high school. I'm junior. I don't really have any friends or anything. Did I have friends my sophomore year. I mean, I had a couple, I guess. And then I'm kind of what do you call it, an outcast, just really hard to get along with. Kind of an asshole. I, really, not much has changed. Maybe I'm a little nicer, I guess. But by the end of my junior year, I had made you know kind of started to have a good balance of some of these dudes, and I got a car, and so that was huge. So I get a car the summer of my junior year, and While using my car to go do stupid stuff like every other 16 or whatever 17-year-old does, I met this guy at a party named Dante. Dante went to Phoenixville, which means nothing to anyone, but this dude Dante was very special. In order to understand this entire story, you're going to have to understand this guy Dante. And there are several people listening to this now that remember him. Haven't heard that name in a long time because this is a long time ago. But we were at a party when I met him and I was with two guys that had just graduated. And I talked one of these guys into throwing a beer bottle into a rival school's gym window. Yes, that's right. The party was two blocks from one of the schools. I hated more than anything. And one guy threw the bottle in. The dude Dante afterwards said, hey, man, I was pretty cool how you wanted – that window broke, but you didn't want to do it yourself. And I was like, well, no, I was just asking him. He's like, I know what you're doing. And I was like, I don't really understand what you mean. Anyway, we started talking and he became um, a friend of mine, Dante, and what made Dante very, very interesting is he rolled deep. I'm talking eight, nine people in his five-seat sedan, except the people in the car weren't a bunch of bros. They were a bunch of girls and they were all smoke. I did not understand how a seven, eighteen, whatever. He's a senior in high school. He's just the average dude. But this dude always had girls mammy. I mean like in his pocket. It was ridiculous. They'd be getting out of the car. It was like the, I want to be a little bit tall. You remember that video? <clears throat> or not that one. was that? Not that one. It was the Coolio one where they just keep coming out of that car. This is basically what it looked like with him. It, I know that wasn't. I wish I was a little bit was it C- No gosh, should know that used to have this on the sh- you used to play that song years ago on the show, whatever. But he would just have all these girls walk out of there of all I mean, they were all just ridiculous. I'm like, how does this happen? Like we'll take a three and a half. Go to an all boys school. I mean, I, oh, I've heard some stuff. Never mind. Yeah, three and a half would work just fine. <laughs> but but I mean, this dude's rolling around with like hard nines and tens. It's just wait, what 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 is going on here? What is going- but I found early on that this dude, Dante, was smart. So what he did was, is he would have a couple of these girls that would be, quote, like the ones that he was with, and the other were there just kind of because he understood that rolling around with a bunch of hot chicks means you can do and get whatever you want, and he couldn't have been more correct. I guarantee you he's very successful wherever he is right now. I guarantee you, he's probably a CEO that surrounds himself with, like, smart people and then just tells him to go be pretty and be smart and then make a lot of money. Good for him. He was executing a different type of company strategy at a very young age, and I should have tried to replicate that Accordingly, because, boy, he was pretty good at this. But Dante liked me because I would do stuff that he wouldn't do. And Dante liked me because I was crazy and I had what he didn't have. And that's a lot of black friends. Yeah, it's not. It's just a little bit of daytime racism. You see, Dante was fascinated with a white boy that had a lot of black friends. And I'm fascinated with a white guy that had a thousand girlfriends. (laughs) Because I want a couple. (laughs) or one or whatever can I just get a kiss I'll take a handy I don't care I've never been picky so as I went to other parties with Dante I think he further qualified me I don't know this part but Dante one day invited me to go to Ursinus over the summer I said what is that he goes to college I was like oh we're going to college now he's like yeah man we're graduating up I was like okay you know anybody? He's like yeah I know everybody but I don't know anybody I was like all right I like I like this So he goes, no, I just hear there's a bunch of parties at this place or sinus. Well, where is it? It's about 30 miles north of King of Prussia. That means nothing to you guys, but it's only about 30, 40 minutes from the school we went to. Now, the boarding school, at this point, my family had moved from Louisiana right out of New Orleans, outside of Philadelphia, about 30 miles from the school. So my family was there at this time. I didn't go home on weekends, but sometimes – uh, but most of the guys that were there stayed on weekends. So it became like an excursion. It was always difficult because you got to sneak people off to school. You got to have discretion. You need a car. We have that. A lot of these dudes were unbelievable at <laughs> discretion. So sneaking out, uh, that was, uh, wasn't that hard. But you had a bunch of people looking out for that. You couldn't get caught. But I decided I wasn't going to bring any of these guys yet. I'm going to go scope this out on my own. So I go with this other dude, and we meet Dante over here, we don't, he doesn't know anyone. He's not making this up. And then of course, he waits for me to park and then I get out the car and then he gets out the car and then about seven, sm- here we go again. They just get out the car and he has no destination, but he knows that when we get to where he's looking for, he's got these chicks so we can get in. He's a pretty smooth dude and I'm insane. So this combination is very, very effective. For what, I have no idea. But if you add alcohol to all of this, well, I guess eventually we'll all figure it out or the police or us and and our parents, or maybe not. I don't know. Maybe we need some chicks. Who knows? Who cares? This is fun, and I love stuff like this. So we went sight unseen, okay, into an actual frat party. They looked at us, and we're like, who are you? And then all these chicks are with us. They're like, come on in. And then I just go right to work, right to work. See, I don't know why, but when I was outside of that school and put in another – area, it was almost like I could just be whoever I wanted. I don't know. I just had this unbelievable wave of confidence and I would just be able to talk to almost any girl I wanted to unsuccessfully most of the time. That's fine. I was just getting my reps in for college where I bombed even harder, but hold that thought. We'll get to there because it all ties into Graham Mertz. How? I know. It's the most unique podcast in the world. I didn't say it was great. I just said it was unique. All right, pal. That was a medium soft pal. I save the hard pals now for the end of the podcast. So I just jump right into the beer pong, get right in there, start making some friends. I take two of these girls, just stand next to me, look pretty. Oh, they did a great job at that. I try to talk one of them into sitting on my lap in between shots. She thought about it, said no, good decision on her part. I mean, you know, you got this little guy, I'm skinny, like pimples and everything. I don't know what to do with my hair. I don't know how to dress because I'm not going to go there and like my, you know, tie and whatever I have to wear to school and all this nonsense. So I just look like an idiot, but it doesn't matter because I have high energy, right? So this is is how you So this is working out well, but it was. Because we made a good impression there. I made some friends. They they knew that this dude rolls with a bunch of hot chicks, so they invite us back. So we go back again in, like, two weeks. You know, we don't tell them or nothing. We just show up again. I love this strategy. Love it. We show up, and now that I know some of these guys, and now Dante has, like, a different rack of chicks. I don't know how he did this. But then there's, like, additional chicks in another car. Now he's got, like, 13 go- I don't even know. I'm I, So many. And we're just like the, the life of the party. So we bring our own booze and all this. I don't know. They just, we're, we're like the perfect guest, all right? I'm like the wild card. This dude's the smooth guy. And here's all the chicks over here. So after we did this for a while, I mean, I, I met a bunch of girls. I don't know. I was loving this college thing. I'm like, this is easy. I'm going to destroy this. So after testing out the waters, then we get into my senior year. And I tell some of the select people, like, look, all right, I got this card now. You know that. All right, here's the mark. Tell them the whole story. Dante's got this guy, a bunch of white girls. All right, they're like, white girls? I'm like, do, do, white girls? When are you going to understand? Everyone else seems to understand except for you. You see, white girls are no work. You, you, need, to, you need to really understand this. No one says you have to marry them, Glenn. <laughs> Just get in there. I don't know what to tell you, pal. But either way, we started going there, and it became. I took them with us, picked them up, told them what we were going to do. And sure enough, they did not believe what the plan was. I was like, "All right, watch this." So we pull up. And I was like, "Now that's Dante's car. Watch this." I get out the car. He waves to me. He gets out the car, and then the conga line of smoke. And they're just like, "What?" The I'm like, "Don't ask no que- don't ask no questions. Just give the money because we're going." So we go in there now. I have my black friends. So now we have the all star team. So you have Dante over here with just an absolute meat wagon rolling behind him, all right? And you get me, wild card nut, and then you have four inner city brothers come into this white frat party. What could go wrong? <laughs> we are covering every single basis of cool right here. What are we missing? The smart asian? Oh. Hey, Young Han, you want to you still we had, <laughs> one of these dudes got like 19 rides to Ivy League schools on like Jupiter. I don't think he was going to come. Dante was overjoyed with my implementation of bringing color. Yeah,
1: it's not, it's just a little bit of daytime racism.
2: No pun, to to the party. And these dudes in the beginning didn't really understand because this is nothing like they've ever seen. Like these dudes have been drinking, you know, at a young age, not that that matters. I mean, most people in New Orleans were, but a couple of these dudes that I was with particularly almost like raised themselves. A lot of brothers, a lot of sisters, single, single household, inner city. I'm not trying to be stereotypical or racist. This was the actual case uh, with two of the guys. Not so much all of them, but two. So my point is that they're just not used to the white culture. They're not used to just blackout drinking, beer pong, chugging beer. These guys are worried about germs. There's saliva everywhere. Yeah, the beer pong goes in and you drink it. Then you put the beer pong in the disgusting AIDS-filled water to wash it off and get it more dirty. And you drink like this is gross. I was like, you don't understand. You're not worried about all this. Stop it. You're overthinking this. Drink the alcohol. Start yelling. And when they play anything with Blink-182, just jump around like a nut. It'll work out just fine. Trust me. Well, it didn't take long for them to catch on. They understood that white girls really like black guys, especially black guys that just do whatever they want with all the white girls in the school. Dante's running point in the middle, just kind of, at this point, he's the president of the university. And I'm just barking at everybody. Everyone either annoyed with me or scared with me. And I don't care. Because at this point, I basically was Walking around that school, like, you know, I, like I went there. We're still in high school, mind you. <laughs> okay. Like, but it worked out just fine. And it was great. I don't know why we were that accepted. Well, I do. But at the same time, we brought this element over there. And it was incredible. And I remember looking back one time, and one of these dudes is hooking up with two, he's got, he's like making out with two white <laughs> This is great. If there were to be camera phones out, I got a picture of that so fast. Oh, it's incredible. And it, This ended up, and we came back. We went back. We went back. We got more and more and more established. I think Tommy Bench was there towards the end of this. I think he came in there. I don't really remember the specifics there, but I just remember the very beginning. And then I remember two of these guys in particular. uh, I never really did. I I think I maybe kissed a couple girls. I didn't really have any game. These guys were closing. Uh, Yeah, and they definitely got uh, more white ass than the first lifeboat in the Titanic there uh, going into and graduation as we went out there all all the time, and I just have to add this real quick. As I look over one of the last times we went there, one of the most gangster hoodest dudes in the history of church farm school is with me. The first time that he was there, he hates white girls, but he <laughs> he he changed his mind pretty quick. Again, just add beer and everything, and everything's just fine. I look over and this dude has a white girl on his lap. He's so drunk and there's a white girl standing up with her ass in some miniskirt in his face, and he's just looking at the one girl that's in front of him, try, I think he's kissing her, it's kind of weird, while he doesn't look at the other girl but has his left hand on her ass and is just palming it up and down like a basketball. It was one of the funniest things I've ever seen. And this song was playing right as he was doing this. <laughs> Crazy town. This was like the song. This shows how old we are, okay? I'm looking at one of the hoodest dudes in the history of New Jersey. Grab some chick's ass. It looks like he did mushrooms or something. I don't know. While he kind of kisses this one girl. He played this song at his wedding. (laughs) Oh, we have so many inside jokes. Oh, this is great. But you had to understand all of that. One, because it's just really funny. But two, it was the fact that I had thought that because I had established everything here, And because we did all this crazy stuff that I had confidence and because of all this confidence that this would translate to what I would do in college and I was incorrect per usual. College brought on so many unbelievable insecurities that I didn't even really know that I had. I guess I never realized like how many pimples at the time I actually really had. I went to school with a bunch of dudes who cares and then you get drunk on the weekend and you just forget that you look like that. I don't know. It's I always have some empathy for the you know, anybody that has that problem, is nothing you can do. People say, just go wash your face. Like, yeah, dude, I washed my face so much. Like, yeah, this is why this is happening, probably. I'm <laughs> taking everything under the sun. And I had insecurities with other things and I didn't have my friends. So I had an established group of friends that you can always lean on, which gives you confidence. However, the transfer of that confidence, in this case, from high school to college, even though I was partying with college kids in high school on that level without even being invited, just invited ourselves, made our own party, made it better, My confidence was ersatz, complete ersatz. And I didn't even realize that that was possible. Being as where I'm still only 18, I had some time to learn some things, I guess. But I learned that I was weak, really was. Without all these people behind me and all this stuff, the booze, they didn't do the same. It's only fun when your friends are there. Then I have the confidence level just began to drop. What is happening? Like how? Why? Why can't I just go do with these, girl, these college girls here in Charleston the same way that I did this over at Sinus? Well, that's more of a home game. You're definitely on the road here. And something tells me that the caliber of a girl for whatever, and I will tell you this, I agree. Uh, from looks and whatever aspiration, I guess Charleston is the big leagues in comparison to Bumblef, Pennsylvania. So maybe we should start there. Maybe we should start that you brought a bunch of girls and a bunch of black dudes to an all white school, basically. I think the basketball team was even white. So they're going to love all that. And it's all just, it's all just glitter. It's fake. You don't got any game belts. You don't have anything. And I learned that the hard way. Until one day I understood. And it finally occurred to me how to flip all this around. I remembered kind of who I could be in this regard. But there was so much I had to learn and so much that I dismissed that it didn't work out, at least in the beginning. I think I found my legs late sophomore, junior year, whatever, this doesn't, this has nothing to do with me per se. But what it does have to do with me in this regard is I just had no idea that the changing of the scene would bring on this many difficulties for something that should be so inherent, natural, and easy for an extrovert and a guy that fancies himself a decent communicator, at least. I listen to a lot of people that I know. I happen to know a lot of the Badger fan base, the Green Bay fan base, but boy, did they blast Graham Mertz, while he was there as their quarterback. Graham Mertz, Blue Valley North, Overton Park. Pretty big-ass, pretty damn powerhouse school in Kansas. One of the bigger ones, and he was incredible. He was one of the most sought-after recruits at quarterback in the country and the largest one that Wisconsin had ever had in school history. And it did not, did not work out at all. Now, A lot of that was because Mertz, I feel, was in a program and a scenario that is not going to benefit a quarterback. And we've talked about this. But I'm right. Wisconsin can't run the football. So if you really want to hang your quarterback out to drive, just do the whole run, run, pass, punt. You know, run for one yard, run for two, third and long. All right, figure it out. That's not how this works. Every time I looked up, Graham Mertz is a third and nine with no receivers and and an offensive line that's built to run block. So everyone just writes the guy off like he's garbage even though he rolled through high school record. Everybody wanted him. No one knew why he went to Wisconsin. Go look at who wanted Graham Mertz. <laughs> Long list, you recognize maybe one or two of the schools, I feel. Now, that doesn't mean anything. Because anyone, not anyone, but a lot of kids are excellent in high school, and then it falls off when they get up to the next level. Not all, but some. We see it a lot. But I watched Mertz play several times with Wisconsin, one of which versus Washington State early in the year last year. And he made some really good throws in the first half. And he made one throw in the fourth quarter while they were down, and it was about a 20, 25-yard out, a timing route. And it was just an unbelievable pass. I remember went back and watched it all day. I love YouTube, the games that you can just go back and watch everything. But this dude can make throws that I really, really like. And even though Mertz was the man in high school, and he was breaking Kansas records in half, and I know it's Kansas, but any state, I know it's not Texas, Louisiana, California, Florida, et cetera. So what? He's good or was good. Then he gets to Wisconsin and kind of like me just realizes, man, this is just, I don't understand. Do I need to change the scenery? What do I need to do? How is this this can't be my career. This is what I'm thinking he's thinking. I know I was, and I'm not comparing anything. Like, I know what March is going through. No, I don't. But I think I do. And it made so much sense for Napier, or as the young, excuse me, the drunk neighbor calls him, Sunbelt Bill, coach for Florida that came from Lafayette, Louisiana. It makes sense for him to go after a guy like that. And I was surprised that not many, many schools did. Nobody really did. But there's a lot of schools that were wishing they did. Because Florida has been the Charleston second half for me. Florida for Graham Mertz is exactly what I went through on my end. But Florida for Graham Mertz started off much like my college career in the dumpster. And this one was in Salt Lake City. Did not end well. Out there in Utah, Provo, Salt Lake, it's in Utah. I always get this mixed up. BYU's in Provo, right? Yeah, so I believe it's Salt Lake, whatever. Didn't look good out there. 18-year-old center in front of him wasn't really supposed to be playing. Patchwork offensive line, box score kind of deceiving. It was a blowout. Mertz made some pretty good throws in the second half when they could protect him. But I think that Mertz, much like I did in Charleston, as we forget about our high school antics that work to get into the real man's game here, he is starting to remember some things that made him as good as he was to get to where he is now. You just can't wake up and be the starting quarterback for any P5 school, especially the likes of Florida. You need to be good to be under center there. I think we all know this. But Mertz is a top five, peach, uh, uh, one of the top, actually top three right now, P5 transfers, and there was about 23 of these. Of the starters, he places himself right there. Of the transfers, 1,900 yards. 12 touchdowns, two interceptions. Quarterback rating, true quarterback rating of 69.3. That ain't bad, and that's good. Tied for 39th in the country. Look, his stats are better than you think, but he's a little better than you think. Mertz can throw on the run. He can throw on the run. I've seen it. He's not that fast, but he's more of an athlete than he lets on, kind of like Drew Brees. Brees was an athlete. Brees dunked a 10 foot goalpost with full equipment. He's six feet. This guy's an athlete. He can move. He just knows he's way more dangerous with his arm. So is Mertz. He's a polished pocket passer. He throws catchable balls. Catchable balls. He can change his arm angle and he can change speeds, which is so important to me because he can have touch on these balls. But when he has to get it down the field, he has as strong his arm as anyone. He does. And he adapts to the play at hand. I like him. I watched him a little bit at Wisconsin. I've watched him three times now. I like what Graham Mertz can do. And Graham Mertz is the only way that they're going to beat UGA. Mertz will sit back and take a hit if he thinks he can deliver a throw. He did this a couple times versus South Carolina. Did it versus Tennessee in the second quarter twice. And two of them were big home runs. And he took... mm, one and a half big hits i like that a lot about this kid and he's gonna need to do that if he's gonna beat uga go look at the two teams or the three teams that have really given them a scare ohio state last year but ohio state was really good last year so they should auburn uh, this year as well and then missouri last year and you look at all these games and you look at what happened well they were able to throw the football particularly missouri particularly ohio state and even auburn is not even a team that really throws it now, why is that? I hear how good their secondary is, not it is good. And Georgia's a team that doesn't really like to blitz because they don't need to because whoever's on that defensive line is going to the NFL. They're afforded that luxury, and good for them as they should be. But Florida's offensive line is very underrated right now, and Graham Mertz has not been sacked a lot at all. And some of these sacks have been on just blindside blitz. He's got popped a couple times. I'm not saying he's the most aware. But if you protect Graham Mertz, then he can give you a chance to win and he can beat you. He can beat a team like Georgia. I don't think Georgia's defense this year is on another level than Tennessee's. I really don't. Georgia's given up yards and points to teams they probably should not be. Yes, they spanked Kentucky. Kentucky has no quarterback. Kentucky runs the football. Kentucky is the teams like Arkansas that Georgia destroys. Not a team like Florida. The focal point of this game, I've heard many different angles, but I have not heard this one, and that's fine. It doesn't matter to me if I did or if I didn't, but I think people forget about Mertz. And I think they forget how good he can be. And if he is protected, they will win this game. Not cover, they can win. If one more person tells me that Georgia's secondary is about to be healthy again, they are, this is it. Everybody is there. What, are you to- what is everyone talking about? How come when Georgia has bad game styleers and off week? So when LSU has three in a row, oh, our defense sucks. I know it sucks. But call balls and strikes when a team like UAB starts having 22 first downs in Athens. No, oh, it was just a game. Before. No, they're just not that good. They're not that good. And if Florida wanted to really give it to Tennessee, they could have. But go look at how many times they ran the ball in the second half. People don't like that about Bill Napier. Yeah, you know what? He wins those games like that. He does it a lot. I don't care how boring it is. We're going to need Bill to be on his game, too. I think Florida is going to beat Georgia. I think Graham Mertz is going to have a game. In order for this to happen, he's going to need a game. He cannot have many turnovers, maybe one. He doesn't turn the ball over a lot, so that's good. Florida might be able to actually run the ball on them a little bit, and Florida's defense is way better, way better than advertised. It really is. I don't like Florida. I sound like I like Mertz, but if you know... Me, I'll get behind anything this week. Get behind Miami next week. Absolutely. I mean, I probably won't, but I'm 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 colorblind in that regard. I don't care. But in this case, the door will be open for Florida on a neutral field to upset this team. 14 and a half is way too many points. This should be right around 10. I feel. I don't understand how you give someone more than two touchdowns. These teams are not that far away. I understand Georgia could win this game by 50. They could beat anyone by 50. But this one just is a perfect spot. If I had to get my money on it right here, this would be the one. We like Florida to win that game on top of Grand Mertz. And I'll tell you, I remember what it was like to be the man and then just not understand why this is not working to kind of be the man at the end, kind of. But Mertz definitely remembers what it's like, how good he was in high school, how horrible it was at Wisconsin, and then the transition, just like I did, to how horrible it was in the beginning of Florida. Go look at that Utah game and how horrible this was to where they are now. They're a contender. Florida was written off way too early. These are the facts of the case, and they're indisputed because if they beat Georgia, it's a whole nother world for that team, which probably a bad thing in the long run, but I don't care. So with that said, Mr. Producer, cue it up. Ah, Mr. Producer, my favorite part of the show. That's why I love the Sunday sickness so much. I can just play Molly music and talk about games for 45 minutes. That's, <laughs> I mean, what, what could go wrong there? What could go wrong for USC? I mean, what, what could go wrong? Lincoln Riley loses to Utah. Everyone seems to be on the same page with this. The entire country, you want to be unified? Have USC just keep losing games? I think everybody from every color, race, race, creed, religion, whatever, all wants to see this team get their ass kicked. But I'm not so sure I want to see that this week. Look, Cliff Kingsbury is now going to be calling the plays. No one even knew he was on this team. Is that true? I think it is. Lincoln Riley didn't even go to the press conference after the Utah game. I'm not making that up, and I've never actually heard of that. He skipped it. He's MIA right now. It's kind of weird. Will Caleb Williams play? Is he going to want to play? I'll tell you what, this is what I told the drunk neighbor. Caleb Williams was told not to play versus Tulane. A lot of them were not going to play for USC. He told them, F you, I want to play. I don't like the kid, but I, I, I've seen this grit that he has. He played versus Tulane, and before that, you know, these other kids were not going to play. And basically, he got the whole team to play, the whole team to play, inevitably just to lose, which is incredible. But I do think that he is going to be playing, and I don't care who's coaching, but actually, There's a conversation that was just recorded between Cliff Kingsbury, between Whittingham from Utah, and with Lincoln Riley. Do you have that, Miss Producer? Cut that feed. Play this guy's vine. I said that backwards, but who cares? Play it.
0: What does that mean? Did we have... No. No. Don't be silly. It was all hands. How's that ass feeling?
2: These are the facts of the case. And, Your Honor, they are indisputed. I don't know what to say. You guys heard it. How's that ass feel? It's a good question. The USC team total was 39 and a half when it opened. It got to 41 and a half, and now it's back to 39 and a half. There's some indifference here. Let me just be quite honest with you. I don't care who's coaching. I really don't even care who's quarterback. I know that Cal is not stopping SC. I don't know if USC can cover this 10 or if Cal can score enough to get it over 66. I just know they're scoring 40. Plus, kind of like how the Dolphins are winning 10 games. I don't know how. I don't know. I don't care. I mean, they're halfway there now. So they're going to do that. USC scores on teams like Cal. I don't care if Josh David Booty. You can go back 20 years to who their quarterback is. Where's Matt Castle? Get him in there. I don't care. I just know we like that a lot. So on the record, just like we said, we're adding this to the record now. We didn't have it on the sickness. USC team total over 39 and a half. Oregon, Oregon opens up at five and a half. We didn't bet it then. It goes up to seven, but we bet it then, thinking it's going to go higher than seven. Goes down to six and a half. That is a grade A extra nice cucking. That's a Miss Doubtfire cucking. Hardcore old lady outfit. It's absurd, but we have the seven. So now we can't do anything about it, but I think Oregon blows this team out. I really do. I know it's so hard to bet against Utah. I know how crazy this sounds. I'm going with the number. Most people don't like that, but in this case, you kind of have to. We're doing the same thing with Army. This makes no sense we got them nine and a half is the army now it's 10 10 and a half at some places. I don't know why they're laying double digits like here they're not even good this year. are they that much better than UMass? we're gonna find out on the record Army the nine minus the nine and a half we just talked about Florida opened up at 15 and a half we got them at 14 and a half. We take Florida plus the 14 and a half and in this case and like always we don't bet a dog less what lest we think they can win and we do. And we are four, five and one, in this spot this year. Four and one, four and one in this spot, and it's a great spot for Florida. So we like the plus four hundred. If that's the case, I had to double check that. Five and one, no, four and one on the announced dogs. Up a lot of units there. We like Florida to win that game. So those four on the record. Let's keep going. Rice, ten and a half points. Rice at home, Tulane. Haven't covered in a while. Don't look that good on defense. They don't look like they care that much. I know Rice will care. Tulane at any point can wake up and drop 60 on a team like Rice, but I don't feel it's going to happen here. I'll bet against teams that I like. Sure, I like Pret. Sure, I like Tulane. Sure, I like Willie Fritz. Walking emphasis, really Fritz. Yeah, I like all them, but not this week. So give me Rice, 10 and a half on the record. Rice at home, plus the 10 and a half, and then Memphis. Memphis. Yes, you know I just love these Memphis games now. Look, I don't have a UAB game this week, but I have Memphis-North Texas. How that so Danny belts, getting North Texas back in here. We talked about that over at 67. Now it's at 68. This will be at 68 and a half in the morning. It'll be over 69 when it kicks. We do think this goes well over 70 points. I have not done well on totals this year. I have not. But I'm gonna stick to the script here. I know this one looks high. I know these teams can score. There's no defense happening here. I like the way North Texas, especially finally, North Texas understands when you get in the red zone, you don't need to throw the ball out of bounds three times and bring out a kicker to miss a 19-yarder. You can just score a touchdown like a respectable football team. So we look forward to that. On the record, six games. USC team total over 39 and a half. Oregon minus the seven. Florida plus the 14 and a half and plus 400 Army. Minus nine and a half. Memphis, North Texas over the 68. And Rice plus the 10 and a half. I got one question for you guys. Has anybody seen Bro Exotic?
3: Wow. I hope you're prepared, Mr. Bro.
0: Well, that's a bit of a problem. Looks like it's you. Who's in need of a gender education? We must try not to get canceled. Prepare to be canceled!
1: Bro Exotic joins the sports SportsCenter. What's going on, bro? Uh, What's going on, dude? Uh, Bro Exotic, vice-pope cow, seven-game winning streak with the woke equation. What's going on, bro? Sick. That was nice. Yeah, you do have – this man
2: has not lost since Labor Day. Ladies and gentlemen, if there was any confusion about the woke equation, I want you to understand that bit by bit, Bro Exotic adds another layer to the woke equation, not telling us all of its genesis. But letting us in a little bit to the church awoke and how they win all these bets gambling. We've been doing this wrong the whole time. Uh, don't listen to me. Uh, fade me. Listen to bro. Bro, congratulations on this streak. And I will say another thunderous victory for you, my friend, as LSU well, did not hold back.
1: They certainly did not, dude. Yeah, we had to uh, hold strong for that state of Louisiana of yours uh, and really just, uh, just, just woke up that state that was in much need of it, you know? They were. They were needed
2: a lot of that. And look at this. You 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 come in. You swoop in. And here we go. LSU wins by hundred. I'm curious to hear what you have next. But we need to talk about a couple things in between, bro. Look, I know you don't do much baseball. Okay. But I gotta ask you. I I feel that we haven't spoke about it. But I feel that the white privilege of the Philadelphia Phillies.
1: Oh, don't even get what... me started on this, dude. Dude. The, oh, you know. Okay. The, go ahead. The, the Phillies' long-haired, uh, <laughs> big beard white privilege—that—that's uh, what cost them in the end, dude. I mean, look, Bryce Harper alone, uh, right now, has enough MAGA white privilege to retire from baseball and immediately get elected as mayor of a small town in Wyoming, no doubt. Uh, <laughs> I agree. There's just way too much white privilege in that team, dude. Apparently, you know, eventually it was going to fail. You know, you can't just have that much white privilege uh, and justice not be served. And justice has been served. um, And they're out. I I mean, justice
2: indeed has been served as they are out. (laughs) Danny Beltz has the Arizona Diamondbacks somehow and the Texas Rangers in the World Series. Never been here before. Uh, not even I can lose this one. Yes, I'm going to talk about that on every show until the World Series is over.
1: Oh, Where yeah, dude. At? Yeah, and and the- Cal. Cal is backing the Diamondbacks uh, for the World Series, dude. Oh, my God. Here we go,
2: ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. I mean, what are you doing? Get to your local bookie now. Why, why, why are we doing that?
1: Absolutely, dude, because uh, I don't know if you uh, knew this, but the Rangers were the I only team I- in baseball this year to not participate in Pride Month, dude. I did know that. Okay, it, wow. Yeah, that's a blatant I mean, what am I? Yeah. I mean, of so course. we're just chalking up the woke equation here, dude. Diamondbacks in six games. Why? Because the sixth game of this series is on November 3rd. What happened November 3rd recently? That's when we took the presidency away from Donald Trump. So it's gonna be diamondbacks in six, dude. Woke equation is gonna work here. Gonna get these transphobe rangers out of the out of the picture here. Um to so put your I, I would put my money in the diamondbacks here, dude. I'm gonna bet the diamondbacks in six. I mean, I, why
2: how am I not? I'm putting a, I put a C note on that. I like that, but what I, this is incredible. The woke equation also works in baseball. Let's get to what it's meant for, for now. And that is football, bro. Well, I mean, you have, I have some guesses, but I just want to keep guessing Stanford. So I have no idea where we're going. I'm going to take a wild guess and I'm going to go, uh, you know what? I don't even have one. Uh, so let's just go with it. What are we doing?
1: Yeah, dude. Uh, I thought you were just going to guess the, uh, the Stanford, Stanford Cardinal again. But, yeah, I was gonna say Stanford. You're right, I was You're say bound Woke to Forest. be right one of these weeks. You're bound to be right with that guest, dude. We are gonna take the Cardinal at some point, but we are Woke Forest too. Woke Forest is sure, like your Woke go-to. Forest is a is a personal favorite of mine, dude. It's, or any team that's playing the Maga Syracuse Orange. Uh, dude,
2: but, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna say you're taking
1: the. I'm gonna throw one out there. I'm gonna throw one out there. I'm gonna say.
2: I was gonna say we're fading the orange man again. I have nothing. I'm wasting time. Just go ahead.
1: Let it. Let it I have no idea. Yeah, dude, this uh, this week's pick, dude, it's, uh, I mean, it's all about trans rights. You Mind if I talk about trans rights for a second? Okay. Absolutely not. All right, dude, so we're gonna, um, uh, we're gonna talk about this special, uh, this special individual, uh, mm. in, in the, uh, in our armed forces, uh, Major, uh, Jason Vero, mm-hmm. uh, trans, a trans, uh, uh, member of the Air Force, dude, 1,500 flight hours, 350 instructor hours, uh, um, he is said to be the first trans pilot in Air Force history, dude. Uh, so we're going to support them. We're going to go big. We're back in the Air Force big time, dude, minus 12 and a half versus Colorado State. And let me tell you what, dude, if we take anything seriously at Cal Church of Woke, it's trans rights. And we're going to stick up to, for them, especially when we're sticking up for trans rights uh, with a team that's going against a team like Colorado State, dude. And this is like I know you've heard reverse racism, dude, but this is like the reverse mm-hmm. Confederacy. <laughs> I, mean, I know Colorado State is located north of, of, the, uh, of Colorado University, dude, but we, we stand for the, uh, the players of color at the University of Colorado, dude, hashtag Deion Sanders. And uh, the white privilege of Colorado State, we're not going to stand for it, man. It's too much. It's getting out of hand. Um, so we're going uh, to go ahead and fade the reverse confederacy of uh, Colorado State in regard to Colorado. And uh, that's gonna that all adds to the woke equation, dude. So just uh, take it to the bank, dude. We're going to go with Air Force minus 12 and a half.
2: Unbelievable. Reverse Confederacy. Never heard of such a tactic. It's incredible when you think about it. But yet, I'm going to have to unpack this all night. I just know what I'm doing. I'm taking the Diamondbacks in seven. And I'm going to go ahead and take the Air Force lane 12 and a half. I don't even know what. Yeah, why even do anything else this week? we well, take taking
1: the Diamondbacks in six, dude.
2: Six. That's, yes, I'm sorry. Yeah, Diamondbacks in six.
1: Just remember November six. 3rd, dude third, Trump, uh,
2: Trump gets dethroned, and the Trump Air Force celebrates this occasion by beating them by fifty. Because you don't even sweat; you just win by fifty. So, yeah, dude.
1: Well, Major Major Major, Major Jason Vero is three hundred fifty hours of uh, of uh, instructor uh, uh, experience, dude. I think I think Air Force is going to beat him by three fifty. Air Force is going to put on a clinic. Uh, they this, might
2: put on a clinic. I mean, this guy. I mean, his flying his flying statistics are incredible. Uh, I mean, I.
1: This man is clearly – and you just for the, to clarify, you said trends, not yes. pens, correct? No, no, uh, as far as I know, dude, uh, Major Jason Vero does not identify as pens, uh, okay. but is indeed trends. And, trends. Uh, It uh, And he will be the first uh, trans pilot uh, out of the Air Force, dude, and we're, uh, we're very hopeful for that.
2: Yeah, I mean this is unbelievable. Well, Bro Exotic, I mean you come in here and knock the doors off. What a bit. Uh, I mean clearly it's the best bit in the country. I don't know what everyone's talking about. We just need to make sure no one steals you from us. But, bro, you do have allegiance and we like that. We'll be backing everything you do from here on. And if you haven't been, for those of you out there listening, the woke equation is rolling. This man, not only has he won every single game in the last six weeks, but it's been blowout varietal. It's been insane. Dogs winning by 40, favorites winning by 100. I don't understand. But, bro, we're going to find out because seven in a row is a lot. That is a lot. So we'll be pulling for you, getting our money in there. Anything you want to close with, bro, Exotic.
1: Uh, yeah, dude, no joke, stay woke. Uh, hashtag uh, patents, trans, and automobiles, and we'll uh, see you next week, dude. Hashtag 350 hours, this man can go. We'll see you next week. All right, dude, cheers. Do you have a message for Houston after that game? Yeah, just remember that Houston can't turn on a shower or a water faucet without people in Dallas flushing our toilets.
2: I've already found this man on social media. And I am going to introduce him on social media to maybe the drunk neighbor. And the drunk neighbor is good at squashing bugs, but also good at taking out the trash. Oh my God, this is going to be amazing. The drunk neighbor joins us in studio. What's going on, pal?
0: Hey, uh, not a lot. Another long work day, so happy to talk a little football. Talk
2: a you. little football. You can't be drinking. This is going to be straight sober neighbor. This is during like a, the mornings here or something. It's not time.
0: Sober, it's in honor of it, the fallen men of the Army West Point oof, that uh, went down you. at Death Valley.
2: Very respectful. Very respectful. I, I, um, we watched that game together. It's kind of what we thought. We know some people that bet Army, not a bad strategy typically, but as we thought, our athletes here are just a different kind than what you have. I don't know how else to say that. I'm sure, you know what I mean.
0: If, just, if our guys were going to the Gaza Strip, there would be no Palestine.
2: There would be, there would not be. And, and, and when someone texts me, were you implicating race? I'm like, no, Army has a lot of black. Our guys are way bigger than them. It doesn't
0: matter what color they are. Like it's, it's, it's two different worlds when these collide, Will Campbell's a white boy, and he did not seem to have any trouble. There was
2: pancaking happening twenty four seven
0: during this. Even court. Garrett Nussmeyer came in and had, had himself there. And they a let him
2: throw a bomb in the beginning. And we were talking about that. What we like about Brian Kelly, we're not going to talk about Army a lot, guys, but what we like about Brian Kelly. We take out the trash, and he's running the offense. We're not going to, we're not going to say, "Oh, it's the United States Army. They're here to play football. They're here to win." Yeah. So we're going to beat your ass.
0: And send you on your way. It, it's the analogy I've used is it's squashing the bug, Like when you're in the house with your wife and a roach runs around on there, if you don't stomp that thing immediately, it starts causing trouble. You're going to you have a problem. Knocking things over and it causes <laughs> yeah. a lot of issues around your house and can truly mess up your founding, So <laughs> squash it, move on to the next week, get a bye week, get healthy. Um So just a quick overview of this game. Jay Daniels didn't really even have to sweat, <laughs> no. uh, but did enough to stay in the Heisman uh, discussion. I think he's moving up a lot of the leaderboards there. Uh, he had his three touchdowns just through. I mean, the touchdown pass to Brian Thomas is just; those are just becoming like a staple. Yep. Each game you get at least one where he goes along and he hits him down the sideline or up a seam. Uh, Malik Neighbors is looking like. Him and uh, Marvin Harrod, Maserati Marv, if I had to hear that <laughs> one more time, uh, are the two best receivers in the country. So they, they look great. They ran the ball really well. They even let the freshman, uh, Trey Holly, get his first carries. He almost had 100 yards. Uh, so they just kept scoring, uh, they ran the offense. I got to say, I was a little nervous going into it. They were talking about, you know, they painted the end zones, camouflage. They. We're going to sing each other's alma maters after. It was oh, starting to yes. be like, all right, can we stop blowing this team? A little to be gay. The- well, they came out there and handed them their ass. So it, it was a, a nice destruction. Almost got out of it injury-free. Uh, we're still waiting to hear a report on Zy Alexander. I, I will. It doesn't sound too good. It doesn't sound like he could put any weight on his ankle. So yeah. another defensive back down isn't that great. But um, it, overall, the defense looked a lot better. Uh, you know, obviously it is Army, but they gave up 42 passing yards. I, I don't know how they much they came out you
2: throwing can... Army. We were talking about this. They came out. They weren't running the standard triple option. They changed the way that they try to move yeah. the ball. Uh, just kind of experimenting against maybe the wrong team in the wrong atmosphere. But I could see they weren't trying to hold the ball. They were not
0: trying to hold possession here. They were trying to just score, and it wasn't working. Well, but... it, it seemed like they were like, all right, their defensive line is way too big for us to try <laughs> yeah, to that's run a good the football. Point. Mason Smith did get some push in this game. I'm hoping that with one more week off, one more week with Pete Jenkins, one more week closer to Bama, that this defensive line is going to be good and ready to roll. Um, I thought the offensive line looked fantastic. Zayon's heard uh, looked really good in place of Emory Jones. I think we will have Emory Jones back for Alabama, but it's good to know that you have another guy there to fill no, that role. Um, if he And they played him the entire game. They got him all the reps he could get. So, uh, Great job by LSU, just squashing the bug, moving on. Uh, A lot better than I could say about the Astros. But wait, this is not a baseball segment.
2: We're not. Yeah, I'm not even doing that. Not a baseball segment. Uh, So we have an off week this week. So does Alabama, and then like every year, we play each other after the bye. But we can go around the SEC here. So
0: why don't you take us away with what we got here on the dock? All right. So the gem of the weekend is obviously going to be Georgia Florida. I, I listened to the Sunday Sickness, and I, I have to agree with you. I hate Florida. Uh, I, I never want to pull for them. But um, I, I do think that 14.5 points is just uh, – they could beat Georgia. Uh, their defense is really good. They have uh, – Graham Burtz can manage the game enough to keep them in it and make them pay uh, from time to time. So I, I would not count that team out of that game. I And then – If Georgia does win, we're going to be set up for one hell of a Saturday with Mizzou and Georgia and then LSU-Alabama. But let's see Georgia get through Florida first. They've been able to sleepwalk through this season. Um, I mean, who who did they even play last week? Did you there?
2: hear the crazy person that was talking earlier in the year about Missouri being a force in the East and maybe beating Georgia and winning more than six and a half games relatively early?
0: I heard old Danny <laughs> belts. Uh, I did. <laughs> I, 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 I
3: read. I read that.
2: We
0: had to put a little, put a little something in there. Yeah. It? So, but Georgia. <laughs> I mean, what has Georgia done this year? That re- the problem that we have in this country right now <laughs> is that the top two teams. Have literally not played anybody. You know, you have Georgia, whose biggest opponent was Kentucky, and granted, they showed up and kicked their ass, but they almost slipped up to Auburn. Uh, you know, not exactly a blowout against our boys at Vandy, which uh, that season total is destroyed. Uh, and but I'm um, I, I just, what have they done to impress you? And then Michigan uh, playing the team formerly known as Michigan State, the husk of what once was Michigan State. And granted, they, they ran them out the building. I don't know why we're putting McCarthy on Heisman watch, but it, it, you have to actually play somebody to be in that talk, in my opinion. Or because you might end up like Caleb Williams and take two L's and cry at the end of the bench with Bear yeah. Johnson. So I, I, I was not very impressed. I, I don't think... Um, you know, not that Florida has set the world on fire, but they're coming off of a bye. I think they're going to be rested up and ready to go. Obviously, that game is always pretty close, so I'd be on the lookout there if I was Georgia.
2: Yeah, I would. I, I agree. One thing too, when when Kentucky played uh, Georgia, the scheduling, uh, you know, right before that, Kentucky played Florida. Yeah, and and I, and they won. It was a physical. I mean, it was a physical game. And this is when Georgia was playing a when like I think it was Vanderbilt. And it's almost like whoever set the schedule up almost set Kentucky up for a pretty nasty sandwich there while Georgia gets to basically reap the ba- – it's almost like it's set up for them to continue this. And I'm on Some the serious bat. conspiracy theory statement there. But it is kind of weird that you would give Georgia an edge in the scheduling that large, you know, uh, Kentucky coming off a game like that. But, yeah, I do think that that could be a pretty good game with Florida.
0: And then we have South Carolina, Texas A&M, which almost feels like a loser leaves town. Um, if Jimbo loses that game, I do not see him making it. it, it that game's at eleven a.m. If they find a way to fuck up against, excuse me, mess up He's against fine. South Carolina, uh, and by Shane Rattler who has been so bad on the road, there he will be gone. Uh, so you're you're gonna have to be on the lookout for Texas A&M this weekend. They they're gonna have to show you something. This is a big game for them, and they're not technically out of the SEC West, but. If they lose tomorrow or they lose Saturday, they are out. So, you know, Jimbo, uh, the cult is going to be coming for his head. It's uh, It's going to be like that Nick Cage movie where he dresses as a bear. We don't have to go into Nick Cage. The Wicker Man? man. The Wicker Man. It's one of the greatest movies. It's going to be like the Wicker Man. It's one of Bro Exotic's
2: favorite movies.
0: They're going to set them aflame. Is he going to beat up
2: a bunch of women too, like he did in the movie? (laughs) That was one of the funniest movies ever. Oh, that was such a great one. South Carolina AM, we're definitely rooting for the Gamecocks there. We would like to see destruction in the Petri dish in Texas. What else we got here?
0: Mississippi State-Auburn in a who-gives-a-shit bowl. Mississippi State. Uh, the, I, Mississippi State coming off the ugliest win that hey. I've seen in a very long time. I think the last the last great game like that here it uh, comes. was Auburn versus Mississippi oh. State years ago in a 3-2 to two Auburn win. Uh, oh. I, I, the, what a disgrace. And our poor boy, Pittman, who— oh. You know, we want to like, which is funny because Arkansas people hate LSU. <laughs> but I, I actually kind of like Pittman, but it's hard to defend. No. Um, you can't score three points on Mississippi State. So, uh, with both those teams, the way that both their offenses looked, I, I don't know, man. It, it, it made me very... Uh, yeah,
2: that should be the 11 o'clock
0: game. That should, that's a, a that should Jefferson's... Be- Pilot sports <laughs> special, if I've a, ever seen one.
2: You should have it on, yeah, with me doing the camera. Uh, yeah, I that is the most irrelevant game of the year almost so far Yeah,
0: only me. behind Vanderbilt-Ole Miss, which Ugh. should be another you know, stinker. Uh, Ole Miss should run away from Vanderbilt in that one. And then I think Vanderbilt plays a and or excuse me, Ole Miss. Ole Miss should run away from Vanderbilt in that game. Sorry if Absolutely. I said that backwards. Nope. uh. They'll probably run up the score on. And I think Ole miss plays am the next week, so that'll be hopefully a better game. Um, but then, Tennessee and Kentucky, so Mm-mm-mm. Tennessee up 20 to seven on Alabama at halftime, looking like they've got the world around their wrapped around their finger. Good old Rocky flop. just absolute <laughs> choke in the second half. And, you know, I, we were watching that game, and it felt like you were kind of pulling for Alabama. I was going to say. You did that multiple times. And I didn't I, mean to. I, for me, I, don't, I didn't care. I wasn't going to be like, oh, well, Alabama's going to be mad if they – Alabama is going to be mad no matter what. They should be mad. If they're not motivated to play LSU already, then I, I don't know what to do for them. You don't
2: them. buy on the get mad logic that everyone likes to build on. That, that I don't Alabama-
0: light your woods on fire, your woods ain't wet. <laughs> <You're> like, uh, <laughs> so I, I, don't, I don't know – a and L, excuse me, Tennessee and Alabama. What a disgraceful <laughs> second half by Tennessee, oh, and they good. had every opportunity in that first half to put it away. They just couldn't score in the red zone. Uh, they just kept coming up with three instead of seven. So, uh, so shout out to the Alabama defense, but the Alabama offense had few expo- explosive plays. Oh, that's a problem. But man,
2: it it, it almost feels more fair. To be able to play Alabama, not I don't want to use the word fair, but we're used to having them having that unbelievable defense with all these home run hitters on the offense, yes. and they just they had they have had no big plays, and I think that was a big thing, no chunk plays. It's all they're having to do it like they did when he first got
0: there. But it's in the second half of that game, they did. They, they hit the, Burton a bunch of times. No, I was with they're, you for that, but they still can't run the football very well. If LSU is able to keep. Uh, Milra or whatever the hell his name is, the quarterback for Alabama, in the pocket, they should be fine. You've yeah. got to think the last few weeks the defense has gotten a little better, a little better, a little better. So maybe, just maybe, can put them in a place where they can win a track meet. Because if you get into a track meet, you will beat Alabama. That's what you the, want. LSU's offense is way better. Yeah. Uh, I, I believe the spread – well, but let's go back to Tennessee, Kentucky – I don't know how Tennessee is going to be able to recover from that. It's going to be in Lexington at Kroger Field. So, look out. I I could definitely see uh, Kentucky winning that football game. I see uh, Tennessee's a a three-and-a-half point favorite. Yep. But uh, going into LSU-Alabama, you know, with the way this offense is clicking, with the way the defense is showing incremental improvements, I don't – See how you can look at that game and say Alabama's just going to win this game. I I just I don't know how you can just write off LSU in this game. And I saw that the line was at about five and a half, five, depending mm-hmm. on where, which is exactly the line that they had whenever they played LSU in 2019. Not trying to compare the two, but then LSU went in there and probably should have beat them by a lot worse than it actually was. But fortunately, Clyde Edwards Hilaire was able to close that game out um, the way that he did. But LSU. I think is going to win that game. We'll save the actual predictions and more in-depth analysis for next week. But be ready for a a big game. That it's going to be game day. Should be there. Um, You know, this is a a storied rivalry. It's that first weekend in November every year. I hate Alabama. I hate them with every fiber of my (laughs) being. I want LSU to kick their ass, and I think that they actually can. I there is a world. Where and you know I know that they came from behind on Tennessee. I think that's different than coming from behind on LSU, who can just keep unloading and scoring points. If LSU is able to convert in the red zone, if they're able to get a couple of turnovers, a couple of turnovers on downs, they're going to be just fine in Tuscaloosa. And I love that it's a night game. Um, and it would be great to see Alabama lose twice on their home field for the first time. And
2: yeah, God knows that how would long. be unbelievable. They I went and looked. One thing that I like to look at when I'm looking at the point spreads is common opponents, and that's a metric that the odds makers are going to use, a very big one. It's a good metric to compare anything. Uh, LSU would be the shortest underdog there in a while, and that's this year still. So think about Tennessee opened up an almost double-digit dog in Alabama, around 10, got down to 7, went back up to 8. Ole Miss was double-digit dog. Some teams have been getting over 17 points LSU opened at 5-5.5. Five, five it has not moved. The odds makers are telling you this is not only the best team they've played, it's the best team they've played by far. It's under a touchdown. 5.5 is a, a goofy line. I always talk about it. This game has it, every inclination for me would say the oddsmakers say this is pretty even matchup because they're also taking into consideration historical Alabama, and this is not historical Alabama. Agreed.
0: So, Agreed. And, you know, Alabama's offensive line is not your father's Alabama offensive no, line. No, no. If LSU has Makai Wingo back nice and healthy, which he should be, if Mason Smith is recovered, which he should be, they're going to give this team a hard time. Yeah. And if they're sending Perkins off the edge and making them pay, it's going to be a very, very long day for them. And I do think LSU's offensive line is going to be able to make some hay. And you're going to see Diggs get his carries. You're going to see them get Caleb Jackson involved. And then you're going to see those big hitters out on the edge. Um, So they're not going to be able to take away both Neighbors and uh, Thomas. In fact, I don't think they'll be able to take away either. I'm I'm ready to see Jaden Daniels have his real Heisman moment in Tuscaloosa.
2: I am too. And I'm also, uh, I wish this game was this week, Um, but we'll save the analysis, I guess, your true analysis as we get get closer.
0: Yeah. So just around college football, if you don't mind me uh, weighing in on a few things. Uh, Washington beating Arizona State 15-7. Not, impre- not impressed. Yeah. Uh, Pac-12 yeah. is starting to eat itself, just like we all knew it would. Uh, The Big Ten, I, I was pretty impressed by Ohio State, the way that they were able to put Penn State. Did you know that they have a physical football team? Brian Day says that about 10 times a week in his yeah. press conference. He likes to say it. We have it. physical football. Because it's been for so long that they haven't been physical. I, <laughs> I, I don't think that... Uh, I, I'm i very curious to see how that matchup comes up with Ohio State and Michigan. Ohio State's actually battle-tested, where Michigan is playing the Little Sisters of the Poor every week. So People
2: are really saying they should be number one now, and they're saying, look, that matters. But my, my thing is, if Michi- there's no way Harbaugh or anyone on that camp would actually be saying that, because they would have to stand behind their body of work, which is dominant against a team. They have not played a bowl team yet. I'm not talking about a ranked team.
0: I mean a team that's going to have six wins and go to a bowl they may not have done that yet. And in addition to that, they're stealing all their signs. So they're going to be under review doing that. for that. I, I don't and have they're a, stealing. I don't have too much more to say on that. But uh, the, the other game that I very much enjoyed watching was the USC-Utah game. That was a great So game. Utah, which is essentially a SEC team in the West, I, once again just ends the year for USC. And I'm very, <laughs> yeah. very curious— To see if Lincoln Riley just has an eye. It seems like he's got that wandering eye. Like, if you're... Lincoln Riley's wife, you, you probably are getting, getting cooked all the Big time. Big time. It seems like he's always looking for the next spot. Maybe Where can I go where I can keep coaching Caleb Williams so I don't have to draw up real plays? Yeah. I could just send goes and then have him uh, <laughs> figure know, do out. whatever he wants from there. So, And it's so nice to see. One of the things that really, really, <laughs> really, really riled me up on Sunday or Saturday night was people saying that he should just give up on the rest of the year. This is a guy... Like, we're, we complained about not paying the kids. Oh, well, why would you play? You're not getting paid. He is getting paid. He's on the the damn Wendy's ads now. He's a millionaire. And, and if you have a competitive bone in your body, you just quit midway through the season because you're not going to win a Heisman or a national title. I mean, that's where I just think you have no guts. If that's And I hope that that is not the case. I think Emmanuel Acho tweeted that. Mm -hmm. I don't know if he's – hopefully Caleb Williams' camp is smarter than that, especially if he's asking for ownership (laughs) in whatever team that he's uh, purchased by. But I got to tell you, that really got me – a lot of people see this as just minor leagues for the NFL. They see it as a necessary evil path on the way to the NFL – this is not what this is to most people. Like To me, this is the premiere. I look forward to Saturdays. This Sunday, I didn't watch a second of football. You didn't miss anything? Yeah. And guess what? And like I said, the guys are getting paid now. So don't give me this shit. Oh, yeah. well, it's a business decision. Well, the last guy that said it was a business decision cost his team a Super Bowl. And you don't really see him in the NFL anymore. And that man's name is Cam Newton. <laughs> so uh, that, that's all I really have to say on that. I, 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 Oregon... They walked through it. Uh, Notre big game Dame for them had a week off. Uh, where else were we in the top 10? I, I, there wasn't a ton of great games. It was good to see the pac 12 eat itself alive. I do think that uh, our boy, Jay Daniels is going to be the Heisman Trophy winner. and he should. I mean this is a man even in a half have. of football had better stats than most of the country this week. So keep this man alive. win on next, on November 4th win this man, and then beat the hell out of Florida the next week. And then we're going to Georgia State. And then we're going to Texas A&M. And then we're going to Atlanta where Georgia's is going to get it. And then we're going to New Orleans. And then we're going to Pasadena. And then we're going to win a national title. Yeah! yeah. Go Tigers. Go Tigers.
2: The young woke joins the sports stand What's going on there, young woke? Howdy, partner.
3: Feeling good tonight? How you doing?
2: I <laughs> oh, mean, I'm doing great. It's good to have you on. Uh, what do we What are we doing today? What would you like to discuss? I mean, I think I know we are, but I'm gonna I'm gonna
3: defer to you anyway. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I may have had a few titos, um, you know, a couple cocktails, uh, cocktails if as as you call them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, no, I do, uh, real quick, want to apologize to the sports uh, antidote faithful. I was kind of supposed to be the baseball guy this year, and <laughs> I, I let you all down. Um, it,
2: it's okay. Uh, I, I was supposed to be the baseball guy, too, and I, I let us all down, kind of, but it's okay. <laughs> Nobody cares about baseball, but we are going to talk about baseball because you and I care about it. Uh, we'll try not to smash any teams in particular, but anyway, go right ahead.
3: Well, um, yeah, I mean, I don't have, uh, much to say. I mean, we're not here to talk about me. We're here to talk about coach Sundance Wicks. Everybody knows this. Uh, it's, it's, it's what the people want.
0: I don't even know what that means. No one knows what it means, but it's provocative. No, it's nice. It gets Whoa. the people it, going. It's
3: no, okay.
2: Let's we'll get to that. <laughs> let's reel this back in. Let's Let's the people want to hear about coach Sundance Wicks. No doubt. Uh, they do. We'll, we'll save that one for the end. I do want to lead off a little bit here with uh, the young Woken does not fail to disappoint ever, period. Uh, so let's get into this. We are going to talk about Coach Sundance. So we have some baseball here right now. You know, I have the Diamondbacks and the Rangers to win the World Series. There's a chance they might, they might play each other and the Phillies are winning late. So we're going to do this as the Phillies game is going. I think it's the seventh inning one run game. Do you think Arizona is getting out of
3: this game? I do because you know what, Danny belts. I, I know something. Most people don't. What is that? So the, the brew crew making the playoffs. (laughs) I'm sorry. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, it, it may, you know, it, it actually is significant. (laughs) Let's hear it. So we all know the brewers have never won a world series and they've only been to one in franchise history, but every team that has ever knocked the brewers out of the playoffs has gone on to at least win the league championship series. So I already know the D-backs, it's uh, the seventh inning, top of the seventh. They're up 3-2 right now on the Phillies. I know they're winning this game tonight. Well,
2: I'll take that. I think that's incredible. And then if they were to move forward, then what do you think would happen if the Strangers were to play the smallest market in North American sports, the big three, not counting
3: hockey? So, as scary as the Rangers are, and how hot they're playing right now, I got to go with Arizona to win it all. Their second ring in franchise history, first one since courtesy of my boy Craig Council back in two thousand and one. Hold that thought. We're going to come back to him. Yeah, since Craig Craig Council. I
2: remember that game. I was a freshman in college. You were not born yet, I believe. And if you were born, you were born. Yeah, you were. You were a young buck. I uh, yeah that was a, that was a wild game I do remember that I think I lost yes. money I didn't have at a young age there betting the Yankees like a loser and then we had a guy on the show Chuck Knobloch, for four hours who was in that series right next to Derek Jeter uh, pretty funny to hear his take on that uh, funny you bring that back nostalgia all part of it I hope yes. dying back the to chicken, win the
3: chicken the chicken runs at midnight belts the chicken. chicken runs at midnight yes it does and if you don't I, know what I'm talking about Do yourself a favor and look it up. I'm sure you'll hear about it all leading up to the World Series here. I'm sure. After the Diamondbacks win tonight. My youngest brother's Googling it right now
2: as we speak, thinking he'll beat his thumbs to know what happened, but it's fine. He's the fastest Googler in North America. It's unbelievable. But I do want to go on about a couple more teams here, and then we do want to talk about Green Bay Phoenix real quick. A lot of new listeners. I'll fill them in on what they're missing here. Don't worry about that. But I do want to talk about the Milwaukee Brewers and this one bet you were making all year that I want you to kind of talk about here. I'll set the stage. Wade Miley, I used to call him Fade Wildly. Used to bet against this guy all the time. And then he started just whipping me. And then, you know, he's from here, not far from where I live right now. Good dude. And you'd like to like him when he gets up to pitch. I need you to just tell the antidote faithful the bet you made, the amount you're making it, and why, (laughs) and what this bet is. Go right ahead.
3: Well, yes. As you alluded to earlier in the season, Fade, excuse me, Wade Miley, was (laughs) trying to – Win a Cy Young this year. He was, and you know, you and I knew it early on. Um, but this bet that I made, it, I I think personally it was the greatest bet in North America. I tend to agree. Until until I'll I'll get to that belts. Um, but so the bet that I was making was either pitcher in the game, whichever game, uh, whoever we were facing. But Wade Miley was our starting pitcher. I would bet either pitcher to throw a no hitter. okay what was the amount you're putting on that yes it's funny you ask uh it was six dollars and 66 cents
2: can i ask why you're betting six dollars and 66 cents on a dual no hitter
3: (laughs) well i thought at first that just maybe wade miley was the antichrist but (laughs) i learned i learned and this is where you're going that craig council is actually the antichrist
2: he's the antichrist for that bet because that coach gets out of bed
3: brushes his teeth and decides how
2: many eggs he eats by the analytics that his wife has set out the night before with his socks and underwear okay this guy has driven me off the cliff several times why wasn't there several almost perfect games where he puts the starter on the bench because no one sees the seventh it's almost like he is the antichrist gatekeeper to that wager and <laughs> one time i swear to god miley had no hits Or somebody did, and they went to the bench. I
3: don't know. I'm I'm probably sure you do. Wade the one day prior, of course, I had the bet placed. Went, I believe it was five and two thirds, or maybe six and two thirds innings of no hit baseball. (laughs) Forget who we were playing. Uh, Ended up blowing up in our face, but then the very next day, Corbin Burns, I believe it was, maybe it was Woodruff, uh, threw. Eight or nine, I think eight innings of no-hit baseball and yep. pulled them in the ninth. And that's Yeah, this,
2: you know. this is what the numbers say to do. He should be happy he was even in in the eighth. I mean, that's like uncharted territory. That's like going to Jupiter. I mean, who is you know, the Brewers guy in the eighth? Unbelievable. I'm not a fan of Craig Council. I don't like his face. I, I, I don't like what he did to me 20-something years ago. little scrappy asshole. Uh, it's unbelievable. But it's okay. He's a good manager. You guys went to the playoffs, won a lot of games, won a division. But I had to let the antidotions head to know about the six 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 wager. I think it's the max bet, don't they? Only let you bet
3: that much because you win like a thousand on that, right? Indubitably, yes. They Indubibly. win a thousand dollars. And basically, I mean, here's here's a quick math for you. I mean, one hundred and sixty two games divided by your five starting pitchers comes out to thirty two point four starts if you're healthy all year long, right? So if I bet six dollars and sixty six cents thirty three times comes out to about $216 all year long.
2: All and year I, long.
3: If that hits once, I win a 1000 I mean, I'll take those. I'll take that out.
2: All year long. That is unbelievable. And I like how you broke the math down for us. Thank you. Uh, we needed to know the, the process here. It is a great wager. I actually split a couple of these with you. For $3.33 to just not split hell wide open as we continue to lose and bet 666. It's amazing. I love it. That's why you're on this show. And then, yes, we do need you for the weekly update about the Green Bay Phoenix. Look, there's a lot of people that want to hear about the Wildcats and the Jayhawks and the Blue Bloods, but nobody out there wants to talk about the Green Bay Phoenix. I mean, this, this team has so much history and so much culture within basketball. And the, we're going to a game this year, I think. There's a new coach named Sundance Wicks. We've been talking about this man for almost a year. I mean, you're going to have to give us the weekly update and you're going to have to take – are you betting for – are you going to be fading your own team again in the stands? Or are you going to be on the other side of that?
3: Uh, it, you know, it's it's up in the air right now. We'll see how Coach Sundance performs the first few weeks in town. Um, Good strategy. And we'll kind of go from there. I, yeah, I'm, okay. I'm, it's it's uncharted territory. We'll give him a minute. We'll see what he
2: does. Yeah. You know, we'll just see what he does. Uh, yeah, and then we can come on. I'm going to be trolling the holy mule piss out of him on Instagram. You know that, right? I'm going to be trolling him everywhere. I'm going to create burners on top of burners. Oh, it's going to be great. No death threats recently. I know we had some last year for Coach. I think that's the fakest. That that had more juicy smiley on it than anything I've ever heard, but that's fine. We are looking forward to having you on to let us know what's going on with this team because this is what people really want to hear. This is You said what they wanted earlier. People want to hear about the Green Bay Phoenix and all the antics. And anytime you bring a sign to a game, it's an added bonus for everyone here. If you can show it to us so we can post it like the last one. Because as you know, I have a penchant.
3: Uh, for home homeless cardboard signs, if you didn't know. And I think you do. I do, I do. And uh, yeah, <laughs> the last one I made turned out pretty good for me. It was um, incredible. I mean, but it's, yeah, it's, I mean, you know, we only got 11 more days until the Fight in Phoenix tip off in Ames, Iowa. I, um, I, mean, I saw
2: their odds to win the national championship is a little short. it's 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 five hundred thousand to one. I mean, that's you have so much value here. I mean, think about A two dollar bet you'd be a millionaire and it's worth it. Everyone should do it. I mean, I don't know why, what, what, what am I even doing here talking to you? I need to make that bet right now. I mean, it's, it's, it's going to be there is what I'm saying.
3: No doubt about it. I mean, I would, they got to be a dark horse to win the horizon league this year. Um, tough league. Tough, I mean, we're talking about oh, it it, you got
2: the ACC is tough. Big 12, you know, you got right there. Yeah. You know, it's right in the mix. Of course. Uh, but um, hundred percent,
1: you know, be, all, hey, man,
2: didn't, I mean, like Niagara or something went to the final four a couple years ago. This, this could go down.
1: Yeah.
3: You know, all I'm going to say is I uh, I think it was Northern Kentucky last year. I believe they won the Horizon.
2: Yeah.
3: Uh, if I'm not mistaken, they were either a 15, but I think maybe – or they're the sixth – no, they're the 15 seed last year. And they pulled off a big – no, they almost pulled off a big up. It was close. That's what, but
2: that's we're going to have you in weekly for this. It's going to be great. We look forward to hearing about the Phoenix during basketball season. I'll talk about some of the other obscure schools nobody cares about, but you're going to talk about the one that really nobody cares about, and that's why it's so special.
3: Hundred <laughs> percent, and you know, just real quick, belts. I know you touched about the uh, the history and uh, the tradition with the Green Bay fight in Phoenix. One thing a lot of people don't know, and I don't even know if you know this, but uh, Tony Bennett—you've heard that name before, of course. Tony Bennett, national championship, uh, national champion, excuse me, tremendous coach for Virginia, uh, probably a future Hall of Famer. Um, I know you're a big Tony Bennett fan. Big fan. He is the pride of the fight in Phoenix. He plays. Yes. Yes.
2: I just want everybody to know that. He did play for that school. uh, You know, legacy's dad coached at Wisconsin. The Bennett name rings thick in that state and then he took his dad's formula and went and won a championship outside of your state. Fitting, isn't it?
3: I <laughs> <laughs> couldn't agree more.
2: I love Tony Bennett. The pack line defense, ladies and gentlemen. Learn how to play it if you don't. Young Woken, thanks for jumping on the Sports SportsCenter. We love having you on, bro. And we look forward to having you on in a couple weeks as we get into the Green Bay Phoenix season opener. What could be more compelling than that? I don't know. And, and, and this, this may sound like sarcasm, but it's not. Because when I'm sarcastic, I start cursing a lot. So this is this is a general interest in myself because, as you know, I love the obscure schools, so does everybody else. We look forward to having you on for that, bro. And if you ever want to come on and make fun of Jordan Love, I'll kill you. So there you go. <laughs>
3: that's fair. Although, in that case, I will bite my tongue.
2: Uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll save that for another – I'm yeah. I, ooh, it's not looking good, but that's all right, man. We'll see what happens with the young man. And we'll see what happens with yourself as well with this team. We'll have you back on whenever you want, probably in the beginning of that season. Young Bogan, anything you want to close
3: with? Yeah, actually, here's one off the cuff for you, Belts. I I learned last week that you're a big zoo guy, uh, a a connoisseur, if you will. Thank you. Um, I know you frequent Green Bay. I do. Uh, So our zoo was recently voted one of the best in the country. Clearly, that's having a huge impact on Coach Sonny D's recruiting, (laughs) but – (laughs) it's <laughs> like some woke equation stuff, but go ahead. Oh, 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 I don't want to step on any shoes here. Yeah, don't, don't do that. Here. But, uh, you know, I don't know if they have a cheetah and dog in the same exhibit. Um, I don't I don't know. They might. I don't know. Uh, but I'm just curious. Have you ever visited uh, our, our zoo here?
2: I have not. I haven't had time, but that's one that I'm going to knock off the list. And when I do, we will be discussing it on this show because we all know zoo is very compatible with sports, right? I mean, I mean, it has everything to do with it. It has nothing to do with it. Like most of the things I talk about on this show has nothing to do with sports, but the Green Bay Phoenix does. That's all I know.
3: And all I know is that it's never too early to give to the Phoenix Fund. God bless.
2: What a great way to close. Hashtag give to the Phoenix. Just give the money. Young Woken, thanks for jumping on. We'll have you on soon.
3: Hashtag Josh Moon.
2: (laughs) Josh Moon. Wow. Thanks for joining the Sports Antelope episode number 175 or Sinus College. You get it, right? I mean, I got it. I thought that. shit was fun, son. I hope Graham Mertz gets it, too. He's going to war against Georgia here. We're going to need him to have the best game of his life. I think this can easily happen versus secondary. I could be wrong. Like I said, it happens all the time, That I'm usually right more than I'm wrong in this world, especially in college football this year, even after that terrible week last week. We will see. However, he's are going to have to play this game. Thanks to the young Woken for coming up in here with the drunk neighbor as well. Thanks to Exotic and the previous head coach, the LSU Tigers coach, Ed Ogeron. Be sure and rate, subscribe, and review. Follow us on Instagram at the Sports Antelope. Hey, do me a favor. Reach out, touch your brother, and tell somebody about the Sports Antelope. Or the drunk neighbor will cuck the mule piss out of you. I will dispatch him. Don't do it. Just tell somebody about the Sports Antelope. Keep it real and